Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, everybody. This is Sandy, and welcome to Last First Date Radio. This is the place to be for creating healthy, lasting relationships in midlife. And today I am honored to be speaking with Andre Paradis about power struggles in relationships and how you can reduce friction and learn to respect and love each other. In my 10 years as a life and dating coach, what I know for sure is that if you work on identifying and healing the unhealthy patterns from your past and honoring and valuing all parts of yourself, especially the parts that people told you were too much or were not enough, you are going to transform your love life and become the woman of value who attracts in toe-curling epic love. And every week I bring you a tip on how to become that woman of value. This week's tip is step number 17, which is if you want something, ask for it. That sounds kind of obvious, right? But most people do not ask for what they want, and I know I was one of those people. And I think for me, just gaining core confidence in knowing that if I don't ask, I don't receive I started asking more and more, and most of the time people said yes. And if they say no, at least you tried. But you you don't get anything if you ask for nothing. So before I get to Andre, I wanted to just let you know that if you are not yet a member of my private Facebook group, which is called Your Last First Date, you need to join this group. We have about 2,400 members It is a highly moderated group so that um, if you are single and over 40 or in a relationship and over 40, you will be supported. It is a positive place. We do not let relationship questions go off the rails. There is no man bashing or complaining ad nauseum. This is a place for self-growth and for learning. So if that interests you, I invite you to apply to join your last first date. All right, now I'm going to introduce our special guest today. Andre Paradis is a certified life coach, entrepreneur, business owner, and artist, and he teaches singles and couples how to create and maintain successful relationships. He's the founder of Project Equinox, and he helps couples reduce power struggles by teaching them how to understand each other better, communicate effectively, and negotiate differences. Join me now for episode number 306, How Our Culture Gets Love Wrong, with Andre Parody. Welcome, Andre. Good morning. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, (laughs) wherever you are. We're on the East Coast, yes. (laughs) Yes, I am. And you're out in California, correct? Yes, in Los Angeles. Hmm. So let's talk about your very interesting life. On your website, you call it Phase 1, Phase 2, and Phase 3. Yes. And um, you've had quite a varied, interesting background. So if you can share a little bit about your journey and what brought you to the work you do today. Oh, God, that's a loaded question. <laughs> um, seriously, the, the first step is probably, in it for sure, is uh, my family settings. Uh, and it's, it's strange, a little bit strange because as a kid, I felt like I was born in the wrong family, 
which is a little bit confusing and strange. Uh, but what happened as soon as I could sort of wrap my, my head around why or, or, or how that's possible, I started observing people, my family first, but I, 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 out of trying to explain my circumstances, I, started, I became an observant of life and people, like all people. So that probably was a big catalyst. Like I was sort of always doing that, you know, and mm-hmm. the more interesting, the more unusual, if you want, people were, the more interesting I was in them. And, and you know, how did you get to be like you? And how does that happen? And, you know, you believe in that? That's, you know, so that was a paradigm of me in the world that was always inquisitive, curious about life and people and how they get to be. So that was one. Uh, as an adult, I became a. I went to a private high school, started dancing as a teenager. I became a ballroom dancer, and then morphed into a career with commercial dancing. So I worked, moved to Los Angeles uh, in my late teens, and became a commercial jazz dancer. So I worked with Michael Jackson and Prince and Paul Abdul and all these big hitters. Traveled the world, teaching, dancing, choreographing, uh, producing shows. Um, Fantastic stuff for 15 years. And then eventually, my wife and I, my wife's also a, a dancer. She's a prima ballerina. Uh, we met in the business, and we wanted to start a family. We've been together, married for seven years, and I wanted to start a family. So I decided to stop traveling. I decided to um, stay grounded in Los Angeles. I wanted the work to, to keep me local. And in order to do so, I opened a... Um, a body shop <laughs> from dancing around the world to fixing cars. I okay. come from that background. My dad was a, uh, owned a chain of uh, brick and muffler shops as a kid. So I have three other brothers, just four of us males, who are all crazy car guys. So it fit right into my life. In Los Angeles, there's a lot of old cars. I come from the East Coast where they don't exist anymore. So my idea was like to restore old cars. It was like a passion of mine for years and years. So it was phase two of my life to stay grounded, to start a family, to build a steady income business to sustain my family life. Uh, However, I'm the ultimate teacher and the observant of life and people. And so uh, about 10 years ago, quite by accident, I ended up in a workshop with Alison Armstrong, which I know you know. Uh-huh. And it was a workshop called Understanding, Man, uh, Understanding Women, which uh, I was invited to join. And that day kind of changed my life completely. Because in the study, with my brain, with wanting to be being curious with all things, you know, human, you know, to sit in the workshop understanding women was, <laughs> you know, tantalizing. <laughs> and and what I learned that day was a long, it was a two-day seminar, you know, squeezed into one day. And, and, and I literally uh, – I ended up in my brains all over the walls. I could not believe the things that I've learned. I could not believe the things that I didn't know. Um, and I came home. My wife said I was white as a ghost. I was actually upset because by then we'd been married about 11 years. The kids were teeny tiny. And I realized in that that day all the things that I did not know that was occurring for my wife, like the way she's wired, what she takes personally, why she takes things personally, how my action or lack of action she would make a meaning out of things without any intentions of mind. You know what I mean? Like the, the things that you take uh-huh. personally, as, like all of that, when I saw the calibration, the size of that, I freaked out. I completely freaked out because my, the rest of my family, everybody's uh, divorced and remarried two and three times. My wife is my angel. 
she's the one. I am not missing this out. I mean, this. So in that sort of setting, I just not. I, I was, I was, to me, it was too scary to that, to go through life not knowing this stuff and risk our relationship just from not knowing. So that was how all this started. Whew. Hmm. Phase three of my <laughs> life. Phase three of my life. I've been, you know, now I'm a relationship coach uh, and and helping people. Doing what I've done, and doing what I do with my wife, and, and all the learnings, you know, that I've that I've accumulated that in the past few years. Fun stuff. Mm. Fun stuff. Wow, quite a background. Yeah. So thank you for sharing. And sure. I love I love, I love mm-hmm. that um, that you went to Alison Armstrong's seminar. And understanding women was not what she started with. She started with understanding men and. Um, and what's so interesting is that um, her work just fascinates me because mm-hmm. we really don't understand each other. And it's in my oh, work, my this is what I teach as well, it's the communication mm-hmm. skills, the, the fact that we are not made of the same thing, that we are so different. And, and mm-hmm. even today I was just on a call with a coaching group that I lead every month, and we were talking about who pays on a date and all the women are wealthy and said, I'm not comfortable receiving anything from men. Mm. And, Ouch. Ouch. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so they oh. don't. They, it was a really beautiful discussion on, you know, what a man, you know, how a man feels like a man and how emasculating it can be to take away from man the ability to provide, to protect, um, to give. And yeah. I mean, Allison just taught this class on on giving and giving and receiving that I that I just took over the weekend. Um, it, it's just fascinating. I think that the more we know about anybody who's different from us, let alone men and women, but the fact that we don't all operate in the same way, and just asking questions, getting curious, getting to know each other from from their perspective, checking mm-hmm. in. So important. Absolutely. It's interesting because what you just said about men, you know, not being, not in a, in a way, not being allowed to uh, provide. You know, like mm-hmm. I find it, I find it interesting because it's su- such an instinctual. This is the part that most people miss. But it's such an instinctual thing. You don't have to manipulate men to provide and provide and protect women. You know, you have to manipulate men to want to take care of women and children and of things that are important in life. Do you know what I mean? Like that's instinctual stuff. So it's funny, I understand when when you're my clients do the same thing with the strong, independent and powerful women and, you know, they could pay for anything. It's fantastic. But what occurs to a man who's, you know, interested in a woman like this, if you know, it, it for men, for us, it's a, it's a movement towards you that is the part that we're um, that kind of makes us fall for you, right? It's like I'm going to step towards you and sort of trying to add to the quality of your life. You've seen, you've heard men say stuff like, "I bought you this because I thought it would make you happy," right? Like it's a movement towards you that we think we want to be part of, you know, adding to the quality of your life. Not take uh-huh. over, you know. So this, there's a lot of people, you know, men want to make women happy. And I like Dr. John Gray says, is, well, no, men want to make women happier, <laughs> right? It's different. Uh-huh. It's adding to the life. So when a woman says, you know, I'm not comfortable with you paying for my dinner or for paying for anything, you basically are just telling him you don't want him. 
you're keeping mm-hmm. him from doing what he wants to do to step into your life. So you basically are telling him that you don't want him. You'll take that personally and very clearly as a message that you're not interested in him. It's not about the money. It's about keeping him from coming towards you and trying to add to your life. Mm. Subtle and very, very misunderstood. Yeah, I, I think there is something, and I spoke about this today, about investment. Um, there's an emotional investment. There's a financial investment. There's a sexual mm-hmm. investment. There are all ways mm-hmm. that we invest in each other to mm-hmm. build equity in the relationship. And from my experience, women really need to have emotional safety to open up and be vulnerable and, and be totally open. And... Um, and then there's this dynamic of men creating emotional safety by investment. Um, mm-hmm. Can you speak to that? Well, it's the same, you know, it's the same, similar that was just, that was just like that I just said, like the, the t- coming towards you and you being vulnerable enough to receive is how he knows he's on track. Mm-hmm. You see, so it starts with dinner, but it all starts, for, it's funny because I tell my clients, you know, when, especially when you start dating a man, you know, a lot of women make the mistake of like showing up with their, what's the word, they're conquering, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. sit across on a date and tell him everything that you're doing in life and your business and your power and your money and all the stuff that's fantastic about you that's, you know what I mean? And usually that falls flat because that's not what, he, what he's interested in. Right? It's interesting about you, but that's not why he's interested in you. He's interested in you because there's something about you that went, huh, wow, look at her. Right? Like there's something intriguing. There's something at all chanting about you. So he's investigating who you are. And really what he's looking for is, is to see if a guy is looking for a relationship. Um, and they all are if they're actually asking you out. They're looking, they're looking into who you are because they're interested and they're moving towards you. They want to know, men want to know if you're fit in their lives. I mean, are you fun? Are you going to add to the quality of his life? Are you going to be receptive to him? Are you going to be able to, you know, let him, do you, let him be himself in the sense that do you, do you get what he's up to and what he's, his quirks, quirks are and, and, you know, what he's up to in the world like that. So he's looking to see, you know, how you fit into his life. So what happened is if, and I think I'm moving away from the question you asked me, uh, but I think it's interesting <laughs> that if you if 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 you're not vulnerable enough to let him sort of ask questions of you to find out how who you are and how you may fit, you know that keeps him from like grasping onto the part that think you're interested and that he wants then a second date because you were vulnerable enough to like let him in. You see what I mean? So it's not about mm-hmm. your money, your business. It's about what turns you on, what's interesting to you. Like, what? Why do you get up in the morning for? And what, what are you passionate about? Like, what are the things, right? And typically, for yeah. men, they're looking for the, the part that is more either spiritual or more like connected to the world and more like uh, from the heart, you know. Because we have all that for ourselves already. The money and the business is all, you know. What one thing that men are looking for most in women, and they don't typically know how to say this because it's more of a feeling that a thought process is that, you know, men are always in their heads. We're always thinking. We're always in the future. And if you're, you know, you're always in a planning and plotting and women too, but it's different. And so what happened when you're in the presence of a woman and especially a feminine woman, 
you bring us presents. Like, whew, like, oh, like, I'm here. Like, I'm completely here with you, right? And that's what men are looking for with women. Like, is to bring me, like, here now and, and like, engage with you and connect it and out of my head, out of my head where I'm, I'm numb in my head. With you, I feel alive. Like, especially if you're tantalizing and interesting and, you know, uh, mm. flirty and all the, the, that stuff. That's what men are looking for, not your power. Right? Mm-hmm. That's interesting, but that's later. In the beginning, it's you. It's you. So I'm sorry, I think I kind of went way off. No, this, it's always a great conversation to talk about the feminine energy. And I think that mm-hmm. it's so misunderstood, and women often think they have to. Be accepted for who they are, and I'm going to show up as I am in my masculine because that's who I am. Yeah. And it's it's such a misunderstood <laughs> thing. I think that that's who they are to survive in the work in the work world. Right. But right. it's not the same thing that helps them to connect in the romantic world. And we need that polarity. We need to lead with the feminine and not suppress the masculine altogether and I think you know we all have masculine and feminine in us and it's the attraction that's built because a woman has something a man doesn't have and a man has something a woman doesn't have which brings me to dating today which I think in general it's very confusing Mm -hmm. Um, women have more power than they ever had Mm-hmm. Men are finding their emotional side in ways that, that they haven't in the past. There are many men's groups. There are men who are emotionally able to, you know, have a high EQ. And so I think, you know, women are becoming, men and women are sort of becoming almost androgynous. <laughs> and yeah. so um, what do you have to say about the culture today? Well, you know, it's funny because everyone I talk to, men and women, you know, have this, um, and, and I, I get it. The, the idea that we've, you know, this is the best time in the in the world in in the in the history of mankind to be alive because we've we've finally empowered women, right, rightfully so, and we sort of like soften the men or or feminize the men or you know or or made them more emotional, right? Like we keep bringing them down to their hearts, and I think that's actually what men and women do to each other, right? Like if you put a couple together, that's typically a woman who will sort of like bring some sensitivities to a man's life and go, babe, you know, that's a little too much. And the part that you bring to us is the part that we're missing naturally. And same for us. We'll protect you, provide you. We'll, we'll come around with, I got this. Don't worry about it. Like make you feel safe. Like that happens naturally. But so what happened in the culture when you, you, empower women too much because I think it's gone too far. It's really one of the things that complicated. And I, know, I don't mean too far as far as being in the world, but you, you can't lead with masculine with men. You know, men don't date men, and there's a reason for that typically. Right? Like, what men are looking for is your feminine side. So, like, in the dating world, when you, you know, if you show up masculine and he shows up feminine, we kind of flip the script completely, and so most women aren't attracted to feminine men or soft men because they don't feel safe with them, and most masculine men aren't interested in masculine women because they they're actually find them irritating, and that's the word they use. I hate to say this, but that's the word they use. Like mm-hmm. they find them irritating. They're 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 you know like man on man, and that's not interesting to pretty guys. So I understand that the, the, we switch the roles in our culture 
you know, again, to sort of even out the scores, but in love relationships and dating and in, in long-term relationship, it's, it's destroying the possibilities. It flips the script too far. So I, I well, my clients, what I do is I, you know, what I think most people don't even understand is that we, you, you get to choose how you show up. You know, you can be masculine and mm-hmm. work all day long. It's fantastic because that's the only way to actually produce results and get ahead. Way to go. You can be masculine with friends. You know, that's going to sometimes, you know, there's a bit friction, but it doesn't, you know, there's not a whole lot of um, residue behind that. But if you're going to be masculine with men, it's not going to work. Not if you want a masculine man and a man who's going to step up. Like the ladies, my clients always say, like, men don't step up. Men must say, well, you've already stepped up. He's nothing to step up to. You won't let him. <laughs> or he's not allowed. Or, you know, you think he should step up to you. Right? Like in a sense where uh-huh. he's going to do it your way and that's not working. And again, if you flip it the other way, you know, women are not attracted to soft, soft. And I want to say meek, but men who don't really have their stuff together. Because what's happened in the culture as we soften the men or make them more sensitive is they don't really step up to own, their own lives. They can't even take uh-huh. care of themselves, never mind a woman, and build a family. They can't. So women are left with this, this is it, like, where are the men? We went too far. Right. See it? Yeah. So, so can you <laughs> give a few tips as to how this dynamic can change? Well, like I said, most people, men and women, I, I don't really uh, or haven't put together, they actually can pick their energy they show up with. So one of my clients right now is, uh, you know, strong, independent, powerful corporate lady, um, is been alone now for about 15 years, and, and as she's getting older, wants companionship and all the goodies. So my practice with her, what I have her practice is she's not going to work. She has to, but the moment she sits in the car, she has a set of things to do to to, to flow her back into her feminine. So we start with music really kind of brings her around like in her body, right? So start singing in the car. And um, <laughs> for some, I have them like, because whatever it is, every woman is going to be different. But for some ladies, it's literally like to change her shoes, right? To go from flats to high heels or some kind of pump. Like just going mm-hmm. to the grocery store, they feel feminine. Oh, right. So like, like, Whatever will actually shift your energy so you, you can sort of, sh- you know, like consciously, purposely just shift from being masculine and show up with result-oriented as opposed to feminine and, like, open. It's the openness of the feminine that attracts men. So I say when you're out in public, at lunch, anywhere, flip the switch because it's that simple. Flip the switch. And then men will see you because when you stay in your masculine Men don't see you. Like, it, no matter what you look like, how pretty you are, when your, your energy is masculine, men don't see you. They don't respond to you. You're, you're invisible to most. Interesting. Mm. Huh? Yeah, I felt invisible my whole life, and it's probably for this reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, was, uh, I actually was mistaken for a boy for many years because I wore wow. my hair really short. I wore very kind of androgynous clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to suppress like any attention given to my sexuality for mm-hmm. a long time because I wanted to be seen for who I was, and then yeah. you know, as a result, <laughs> I was seen as the guy. You know, he was the go. guy friend. There you go. Yeah, I was like tough, 
cursed a lot, you know, just mm. put up the oh. whole front. And, um, yeah. yeah, it took it took a lot for me to switch that off. Uh, we're actually doing a full-day training on this um, coming up in late summer mm. because nice. just for really super successful women who really mm. resist surrendering to love. And I'm giving the training with a woman who does a lot of body work and helps women wow. to really sink into their feminine um, on a body level, more of a physical mm. level. Yes, and yes, I'm going to yes, be yes. doing more of the understand men and um, and feminine energy and all that stuff. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. Um, so, yeah, so this is really the culture. So when you say how our culture gets it wrong, yeah. is this what you're referring yeah. to, this, this dynamic? That's exactly of, what I'm referring to. Yeah. 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 It, it's just gone too far. It was like a, it, the intention was great, and it's done a lot of great. And then, But in love dynamics, it's gone, you know, it just put things completely awry. It doesn't mm-hmm. work at all. Yeah, yeah. Both men and women yeah. are complaining that they can't find, you know. So. Yeah, I so agree with you. This is such an important mm-hmm. conversation. And yeah. I always say, like, if you, what happens is a lot of women who are married, who were married to men who were like mama's boys and didn't didn't mm-hmm. step up, they overperformed. They over. They overdid it, and because of that, there's, there's a lack of trust that if they step back and allow a man to show up, he's not going to. Right. And so this is this is the big switch, I think, is that you this have is to create that space. And you have to also ask for what you want, like I said at the beginning of the show. Um, I have women telling men that they're really attracted to men who – you know, who take care of them, even though they can take care of themselves. Men who, yeah. you know, make them feel safe, even though they are strong and independent. Just to say it out loud. I mean, yeah. you know, I think I think it's important to communicate all that because otherwise, we don't know what the other one's thinking. <laughs> well, and, and you know what I, find? I come across a lot, a lot, which is you really talk about getting it wrong, and I don't mean to be condescending, and it's just that that that. Because of the culture, because, you know, we've been pushing women to excel and push and be successful for the past, you know, 30, 40 years, that most of my clients actually uh, believe that men want successful, powerful, you know, women, and they, and they think they're attracted to that, and that's not true. It's interesting, mm-hmm. but that's not what they're attracted to. They're not attracted to your power. They're not attracted right. To your masculine, they're not attracted to that. So when when just to get that on their radar, they go, well, what do you mean? You know, they don't they they don't want me to be they don't want us to be like dependent on them. They don't want us to be weak. They don't want us to they don't you know like I have everything. So he doesn't need to do anything. And they go, that's the problem. For mm-hmm. a man, <laughs> because it's the part of, again what I said earlier. Like he wants to, he wants to make your life better, which means there has to be need for him in your life. There has to be space. You have to be vulnerable to, like, you know, let him show up, let him do what men do, and ask for things that you need. And he'll he'll puff up like he'll puff up like that man. Just you know that you want him to help, that you allow him to help. And you know, some guys don't even experience that. My wife is my wife is fantastic because she's you know in line with everything I'm doing and is watching the same thing in the culture. And I have a 15 year old daughter who's in this world. Mm-hmm. That I'm sort of putting on her radar, you know, really the dynamic that works as opposed to the one that doesn't work that is around us. And and 
to mm. smile at the to smile at the clerk in line of the store, to smile at any man anywhere. You see him puff up, to, mm-hmm. you you see them or or thank them for you know like uh, holding the door or sort of getting out of the way when she's come down with her whatever, right? Like just to recognize men's actions, small little stuff. You see him just puff up, like yeah, they they, they were your hero for a second. Like it's such instinctual stuff. So. To not ask for men's help, to refuse to let men step up and and be part of, it's a big disservice to women because you're left feeling alone and um, disconnected and unsafe, you know, with these men. That, that it's funny because I do I do something with my clients sometimes because some men have been shamed out of being masculine, so they were shamed out of going towards women. They were shamed out of don't go, don't do anything, don't don't. Lean on her. Don't tell her what to do. Don't right like because that's rude, right? So they don't do anything, which leaves women mm. feeling like no one cares, right? And he mm-hmm. can't do anything. He's not doing anything. So I say to my clients stuff like this, like, well, you know, turn on the feminine. Make sure you know, smile and attract a guy with your feminine energy, right? And if you do, fantastic. And when you do, hopefully he picks you up and all that stuff. And you'll notice the guys that have been shamed out of the masculine because they don't. They can't. They don't really do much, right? So, but I said, mm-hmm. when if he picks you up, you know, when you walk to the car, just stand outside the car. You know, he'll get in the car because he's used to not doing that, right? Opening the so he'll sit in the car and wonder what you're doing outside, and then in three seconds he's gonna go, oh darn, right? He'll jump out of the car, come around, open the door, and he's gonna go, ah, oh, like here's one who gets it, right? <laughs> get to the restaurant mm-hmm. and stand by the door, and he's gonna walk in, and cause he's used to not. Doing that because he's shamed out of it, and not everybody, but it's still it's really really in the culture right now. Stand by the door, don't touch the door handle, mm-hmm. and watch him open the door for you. And all of a sudden, you're inviting him to do the stuff that's natural to him that most guys have been shamed out of. And you could train him back, and I hate to say it that way, but it's a, it's a way of like mm-hmm. give him permission to be the man and watch him puff up, and you'll literally recultivate the part of man, all man, because you could do this anywhere with anyone that makes them sort of step up. And the part that you will not only find flattering, but you, you know, these guys feel safe. These guys have you. These guys get it. But it's sometimes it's, it's now back to you to almost teach them. I, I hate to say it. Oh, it's, How do you it's, like it? <laughs> I love it. I, I think that, you know, we can't be passive in this process. And I think that mm-hmm. if you want something, you have to have an intention and you have to create it. Um, so I, I I love what you said. I mean, I think what most women do is they go and open their own car door and say, why the hell didn't the man step up and be a man? And why right. didn't he pull don't out my it. chair? And why didn't, you know. Right. Don't, don't do it. So it's, yeah, <laughs> you get what you ask for. Um, and some well, men will not so, step up. Some men won't. Exactly. You know? And then you'll know, you'll know. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. the good ones will instantly, like in three seconds. It's amazing. And the ones that don't are so far gone, you know, you could see for what it is. Like I said, you just got to, you just got to know what it looks like from the other side. You know what I mean? Like you have mm-hmm. to know how it works for it to work it. And, yep. and what, works, what works for man is letting him, letting him, helping him even help you. Yeah, I love it. Great conversation, Andre. Um, we didn't get to a lot of what we were going to we speak about to today, but no, this is good. 
This is really good. I think that we can't say this enough. I think that this is such an area of confusion in the dating world today. Our culture is is very confusing. And I think if more women listen to this show and start to let a man step up, let a man help you, let a man be a man, um, when you step into your feminine, it it will change everything. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) So, Andre, um, what's one thing you want to leave our audience with, one last statement before we, we get to where people can find you? Uh, one last statement. Uh, I want to say, I think I want to sound the sound the alarm. I call it that. You know what what's happening with my clients is that because the culture tells them you go girl first, and you know maybe you could do man and relationship and babies later. And what happens is, you know those that setup doesn't work out well for most. Those are all my clients. So the idea of, I'd say, think of it this way. Do you want to be a career woman or a woman with a career? Two different two different ways of operating in the world. Most of my clients, interestingly enough, wanted to be women with careers, which means they would put family relationship first and then career secondary, right? So the focus was to build a family and create a life before the career life. You know what I mean? Women in uh-huh. our society now in our culture go are taught from the kindergarten to go career first, career woman first, be strong, independent, powerful, so you're never vulnerable or stuck. I get it. However, family at thirty five plus is very difficult for all bunch of reasons that we talk about on a different show because there's, there's a lot. So uh-huh. a career woman a career woman if 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 you want to have a family and babies, you want to be woman with career um, uh-huh. first, as opposed to career woman, because for most of my clients, it doesn't end up the way they want it. So yeah. they, some of them have lost their dreams of family because they bought into the culture. So my, my, my uh-huh. big statement is do not buy into the culture. What is it that you want? Forget your mother, forget the culture, forget your teachers, forget your schooling. What do you want? Do you want family and kids? You have to focus on that intensively mm-hmm. as you do your career life, but that's be on the radar all the time and almost primary, you know, part of. If you stick to money and career and schooling for 10 to 12, 15 years, and then you think later you're going to get that part done, it's tragic for a lot of my clients. That's all. Yeah, same here. Um, mm-hmm. I have a 40-something, 41-year-old client right now who really wants a family, and She's focusing on it now, and I hope she can have mm-hmm. it. But it's it's um, late. you've it's got late. you got to set your priorities. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. hard. Yeah. It's hard. With the cult, I had my with last the cult, child. At, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, I thought I was old at 28. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I have to have kids now. But um, no, it's. I mean, thank God we have we have ways that people can start families later. But it's it's really the focus. It's a lot of people wake up one day and say, "I forgot to get married," and all yeah. I did was yeah. focus on work, work, work. And it's it's not gratifying to only be working. Exactly. For most women, yeah. it's not a full, complete, gratifying life. It's just not. You yeah. know, we have. Oh, they're all around me, all around you. I'm sure. I mean that. Uh-huh. And and again, that's that's what a part that's, that's the part that I keep blowing the you know uh, signing sounding the alarm. The culture says 
says that is the primary what you should do first, always. You know, forget men, forget babies. You know, and that's for most women not a good life. Yeah. Yeah. At the end. Well, good Andre, life. thank you so much for, for a wonderful <laughs> conversation today and tell everybody how they can find you. Yes, so uh my website is called uh projectequinox.net. I also have a Facebook page called Project Equinox with Andre Parody. And uh, my podcast is on uh, iTunes, Stitchers, SoundCloud, and Google Play. And it's called How the Culture Gets It Wrong with Andre Parody. And it's, this is this conversation about this, all the different layers that a culture really gets in the way. You'll get it. Just listen to it. Um, it's interesting. I think it's, I think it's very, very interesting and eye-opening. Sounds awesome. Well, thank you again for for coming on the show today and for the beautiful work you do out in the world. Thank you so much. Same with you. My pleasure. Yeah. So, and thank you everybody for listening today. If you love Last First Date Radio, please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And I hope you go on your last first date very soon. Have a great one. (laughs) 